everybody. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Timothy Petropolis, here with the only two twins that are talking three-way trades right before we get on and talk on our Brodo Fantasy Podcast, and we will continue to talk fantasy as soon as this is over. Three ways are the best ways. That's what she said. Brodo Fantasy Podcast. Yo, I was just telling you guys, like, it's week six already. Isn't it kind of crazy? Like, here we are in the midst of another great fantasy season. There's some duds. There's some studs. Uh, Expect, like, an update like that about halfway through the season. We did that last year. I expect we're going to do it this year. Some kind of, like, halfway, like, surprises, shocks, all all that kind of stuff. And here we are, and we're trying to make it work. For those of you who picked Le'Veon Bell in the first round, for those of you who, you know, took... Marquise Goodwin with your fifth pick, who relied on Chris Hogan as a wide receiver too, uh, who put Deion Lewis in their flex. We are here for you to try and uh, you know navigate these crazy fantasy waters that just are always uh, crazy. There's no, there, there's really no predicting this. You could just kind of educated guesses, but it really, it's like it's like playing the stock market. Which, by the way, I'm invested in Roku. I don't know if you guys know what happened in the stock market today, but that they went from $72 a share to $55 a share in the last two like three days. Oh, no. That's terrible. I know, man. Why is that? Well, I bought it at 23 so I'm chilling, but like... It's a big jump. It's a big jump. Why is this? Huh? Why is this? I, uh, the technology bumble kind of burst today. Like, a lot of people are... Let's not get into it, but a lot of people are switching over to like... Blowing my mind, man. Yeah, more safer investments. No you know what Bitcoin? it is? It's because this, this whole world... I can get into this. I'm just going to say one thing. This whole world revolves around made-up money. Like, credit, I owe you this, this is your valuation. It's all made up. It makes no, it, 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 It's not real. Yeah. And that's how the whole economy works. It's crazy. Anyway. Like Amazon's worth, what, something billion dollars? Ask I, them I if mean, they have $7 yeah. billion dollars ready to just hand over to someone. No, they don't. That's yeah. not how it works. And they, Yeah, the whole entire world's on fake money. But uh, besides the point... We are going to try and get you know who's the not fake money, Zach Ertz. Boom. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the Thursday night game. Oh yeah, uh, Giants versus Eagles. Uh, we'll try and get you some stock profits on this one. And one of the stocks that has gone up in the past two days is the Eagles running back situation. That's because Jay Ajay uh, stabbing me right in the heart in my money league, guys. Just so you know, Jay Ajay uh, out. It wasn't his broken back, and it wasn't his degenerative knee. No, he tore his ACL. So as as if JHI wasn't going through enough issues, now he has a torn ACL. We wish him well, but in the meantime, we have a dilemma. Corey Clement. This is a dilemma. <laughs> Corey, or actually, you know, I'm, we always pronounce these guys wrong. I'm going to pronounce them right. Corey Clement. We don't. Yeah, you don't say Clement. I don't say Clement. Wendell Clement Smallwood, sounds, Smallwood. I always said Wendell Smallwood. No, you, I said Wendell. You say Wendell. We all say Wendell. Wendell Smallwood. Where are you Smallwood. getting these names from? What makes you think those are the right way to say them? Because of the uh, Fox broadcast. Joe Buck is all about that shit. Nah. He is. He's all about the right way to say names. He would say, like, you know how um, like the Spanish broadcasters will, will go like, Alex Rodriguez, like that? Like, he does that. Like, he's like, Wendell Smallwood. You know, anyway, um, and Josh Adams, for those of you who uh, are interested in Josh Adams. Uh, so the first thing I want to ask you guys, uh, in a matchup with the Giants who have been susceptible to running backs producing, 
what what is your outlook for the Eagles backfield? We'll start with you, Jason. I think that both of them can be running back two options this week. Uh, Wendell Smallwood has been a Wendell right has been a top fifteen running back in two of the last three weeks. Uh, Corey Clement seemed like the next guy up before he got injured. And if you look at the last time Jay Jai was out and Clement and Smallwood were both active. Uh, they both got a lot of run. Corey Clement had 19 touches. Wendell Smallwood had 13. So this isn't a game where uh, you're going to see one of them dominate. I think that the Giants can be attacked on the ground, and I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, Smallwood uh, gets you 10 points from yards and catches, and then Clement gets you 10 points from some yards and a touchdown. Michael? Um, I'm not nearly as high on the Eagles running backs as Jason is. I I think people are spending way too much fab money on a backfield where everyone knows there's not just going to be one guy. Even when Ajay was there, everyone split time. That's just how the Eagles work their backfield. And Clement, I prefer Smallwood personally, but I don't think either of them are league winners If for people who paid a bunch of money or their top waiver priority on them. They'll probably be helpful as like a flex option or maybe a low-end RB2, one of them, whichever one turns out to be the better option. Like I said, I think it'll be Smallwood, but I just I don't I don't love either of them. I think long term it's Clement. Giants giving up about twenty five point six points per game in half point PPR to the running back, so there are points to be had there. Um, are you are, are you at all nervous about the Lashawn McCoy rumors? If you're a guy who just spent all that fab money on Wendell Smallwood or Corey Clement, you can't live in rumors. Yeah, True but that. you got to be worried about it, right? Just I know someone in our league just dropped sixty fab dollars on Wendell Smallwood. Now it's it's a little bit of a difference because we go from one hundred fifty. You could just say a percent. What's oh, well, so it's forty percent. Like forty percent. Like there you go, Michael. He just dropped forty percent of his fab on Wendell Smallwood. That's that's quite a bit. That's a lot. So I mean, you have to be worried about those. But those I mean, rumors. apparently the Bills are asking for a second and third round pick. Shady's not going anywhere. I, uh, second and third round yeah, pick yeah, for Shady yeah. McCoy. You yeah, that's not happening. Who's like uh, what? Thirty years old now. Thirty-one, thirty-two. He's definitely older 30? than thirty, I think. After a big game, He's definitely. I think I said. <laughs> after a big game, uh, Alshon Jeffrey kind of fell off the face of the planet. Two catches for thirty-nine yards. Uh, did have a couple of big drops that could have made his day look a lot better. Um, did not catch them. How are you feeling about Alshon Jeffrey moving forward, especially in this game against the Giants? The Giants have. You know they they are not they're not a defense that's going to scare you. The, I mean the Janoris Jenkins matchup maybe, you know, scare you a bit, but you're not. I mean, I'm I'm not worried. I'm not sitting someone because they're playing Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins has been better this year, but ranking Alshon Jeffrey this week, it was like I was forced to put him at 24. If me and Michael were talking before the show, the wide receivers this week are very ugly. It's just an ugly group. I agree, and I felt like I was forced to put Alshon Jeffrey 24. But when I was looking at the rest of the options and thought to myself, if I was running a team, who would I want to put? Who would I start out of all these people? The answer was Alshon Jeffrey. So uh, his low catch percentage is carried over from last season, which is not a good thing. But the Giants have allowed a score on half of their defensive drives at second worst in the league. And 80% of the touchdowns that they've allowed have been from the ground. So you have to expect at some point for some air touchdowns to come through. And Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey are obviously the two candidates there. Right now, the Giants, although Janoris Jenkins has been playing better, uh, 27th in DVOA against the number one receiver. So yeah. definitely someone who could be – definitely a team that could be beat as a I do also want to add about Jeffrey how you said that the inconsistencies with 
catching the targets. I mean, he was 8 for 9 against Tennessee, which is a very beatable secondary. And then two receptions on eight targets against the X-Man, Xavier Rhodes, who is a shutdown corner, so he can't complain too much about it. He did get the eight targets. So he'll, he has 17 targets in two weeks back. So he's he's definitely a viable option. The volume is going to be there, that's for sure. Uh, what about Nelson Aguilar, a guy who is fading ever so gently into the night, it seems like, in this uh, offense? How you, how you feeling about Nelson Aguilar? The Giants are 28th in DVOA against the slot receiver. Yeah, so Aguilar, he two weeks ago led the Eagles in targets, air yards, all that stuff. So there was a lot of hope but he, still. he dropped with, a shitload of balls two yeah, weeks ago as well. But it still made you have hope in him yeah. if you were Aguilar owner. And then last week on a game where Alshon Jeffrey was going up against Xavier Rhodes, Nelson Aguilar was only targeted four times. He caught all four of those passes, only 45 yards, but Aguilar's stock is pretty significantly down in my book from where it was at the beginning of the year when he was basically the only re- viable receiver on the team because he's also not even close to a touchdown threat. Like, he'll be lucky to end the season with four touchdowns. That's just not his role. So he's he's definitely a more of a floor guy than a ceiling guy. You playing him this week? Uh, I have him in flex territory, I believe. I don't. Love him as a top 36 receiver this week. I'm not playing him. him. He has, as my wide receiver, 42. He's passed 45 yards one time this season. If you look past last week, his high before that was 33 yards besides the one outlier game against Tampa Bay. Everyone destroys Tampa Bay. Aguilar was someone I wasn't really high on, and I'm still not high on him. I'm not starting him this week, not even as a flex. He Ca- also has a very tough uh, playoff schedule, which I like to look at at this time of year if you are leading your uh, leading your league. Uh, how about Carson Wentz? Uh, a lot, not as juicy matchups. I think the reason why the wide receiver matchups don't look as good is because the quarterback matchups don't look as good this week. Um, well, like I said earlier, uh, 80% of the touchdowns scored against the Giants have come from the ground. So, I mean, there has to be some fixing there. So So you're, you're more on the side of, this will level out over uh, let's let's ram this backfield because 80% of the, t- of the touchdowns come from there. Yeah, because I don't think that the Giants are a team that you look at and say you have to attack them on the ground. Olivier Vernon returns this week too, which should help their rush defense already with Snacks Harrison in the middle. And uh, I we both have Carson Wentz as our 11th quarterback this week. Uh, he's a little lower than I would like to put him just because it's a Thursday night game and the weather is supposed to be really bad from the hurricane up the East Coast. But he's still a wide receiver. Excuse me, a quarterback one in my book. He twenty points and twenty one points back to back weeks. He he looks great back from his uh, surgery and such. So he's a solid play. If you sit Zach Ertz, quit fantasy football. Uh, let's go to the other side. The Giants. Um, Odell Beckham finally had OBJ. an OBJ type game. Um, is this something? Look, you know what they say: the squeaky wheel gets the oil. He squeaked. He got the oil. Does this, yeah, does this uh does this continue for OBJ? Can you expect this kind of thing from him week in and week out? Absolutely. The Eagles have allowed the most points to wide receivers this season. And uh last week we finally saw Eli giving OBJ some deep shots. I guess he was just waiting for OBJ to yell at him about it. So I mean, he started off last uh he started off slow last season as well. I guess it's just something that he's starting he's doing in his career, but there's never a reason to not 
think that OBJ is going to get you a solid amount of points every week. Yeah, the guy, the, Eagles. the guy I'm playing against this week in our main league has OBJ and Shepard. So a lot is going to be figured out on Thursday for me. I was going to say OBJ and Shepard, I think both playable this week. Um, right now, Philly, like you said, given the most points to wide receivers, they're 31st in DOA, DVOA excuse me, against the 31st wide receiver. Just so you guys know, DVOA is, is a statistic from football outsiders that basically says how good the defense is playing against a certain position. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's not the end-all, be-all, but this this is a great resource. It's, again, it's a, from Football Outsiders, where if you want to like sneak a play like Sterling Shepard is going to be a great play this week because the the Eagles defense having trouble guarding that number two player, and Evan Ingram looks like he's going to miss another game. Um, so, Sterling Shepard, I'm high on him. He's one of my favorites to so maybe be in that wide receiver one category. Uh like no, one of those surprise wide receivers. <laughs> no, listen, I'm, I'm talking like don't bank on him being a wide receiver one, but I think you could bank on him being a wide receiver two and think that he could have a game good enough to be a wide receiver one. I this do want to say my rankings are lower on him than I am. Uh, when I made them, I'm I probably edit them. When I made them, Evan Ingram practice limited today, so I thought he might be back, and I don't. I never start Sterling Shepard when Evan Ingram is playing. I agree. If Evan Ingram plays and Sterling Shepard takes a already, step back, has already been ruled out. So yeah. I also like Shepard as a wide receiver three. Shepard has. He's a target machine when Ingram's out because he basically takes the role in the middle of the field. But I, I like Shepard tomorrow. I think it'll be more of his type of game. I'm just I'm not feeling a big game from OBJ just because of the weather and the Thursday night game. I I feel like it's a perfect letdown type of look at Eli Manning suck it up again game. Fun and fact. just hit Sterling Shepard like nine times. Sterling Shepard has scored a touchdown in every single game in his career against the Eagles. Interesting. I hope that ends this week. Well, I don't think it will. I think Sterling Shepard, I'm telling you, I got I got a feeling about that guy this week. Um, Saquon Barkley. Not And not to not to toot my own horn, but my feelings have been pretty on this year. Uh, Saquon Barkley. He says that, that back injury that looked like everyone was like, oh, my God. I thought it was a leg injury. No. Me too. He said it was a random back spasm and that he's fine. He's good to go. Thank God. You're starting him if you have him. Any other players that you guys would like to discuss in this game? No, not really I'm not playing starting Eli. Red Ellison or Eli. So, yeah. All right, Four my daughters. favorite stack of the week is coming up right now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Oh-ho. at the Falcons. Uh, my favorite stack this week is the Jameis Winston Cameron Brait stack. Uh, I'm going to try and stack them wherever I can. I'm stacking them in my money league. Um, Jameis Winston in the past two years, uh, I, I've yelled this stat from the mountaintops the last few se- last few episodes and on the waiver wave. 105 catches to Cameron Brait, over 1,200 yards, and 14 touchdowns over the last two seasons. That is a tight end one. O.J. Howard is out. Uh, this game, the, the Howard Falcons, did actually practice today super randomly. So he's more than likely out, but just keep an eye. We'll keep an eye keep on Keep an eye on it. I still like Brait even if Howard is back. Obviously, yeah. he takes a step back. But uh, against this weak Falcons defense is basically getting torn up by everyone. Uh, I love Cameron. I love you some Cameron Braid this week. Yeah, I like Cameron Braid. I also like Jameis Winston. Atlanta's a lot of top 10 quarterback for four weeks in a row, and Jameis Winston has been a QB1 against them in four of the five games he's played against them in his career. So if you were ever going to make a bet that he was going to be a quarterback one this week, seems like a pretty good time to do it. And you mentioned Cameron Braid. And they're in the Dome. And they're in the dome. Yes, I'm not quite as high on you guys as Jameis Winston. I do have him as a low end QB one, but we are talking about a guy who's played one half of football the whole season and was pretty ugly in that one half. Who cares? Nah, he didn't. He didn't forget how to play. He had a bye week too. He never really knew how to play very good to begin with. I think the bye week is very key. 
But like, I'd rather. I prefer Andy Dalton this week against Pittsburgh. I mean, both are good plays. If yeah. I could play either of them, I would. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if if I could probably if if you're weak at the quarterback spot, and you have Jameis and you have Andy Dalton, you could probably get away with like switching them off for the rest of the season. In my opinion, yeah. um, let's go to the Buccaneers' pass catching options. Chris Godwin kind of has disappeared. Um, definitely not. Jameis is definitely not known for hitting for making three different receivers fantasy viable. Guys. Everyone was with the Chris Godwin hate. His ownership percentage dropped down. Listen, every single Tampa Bay Buccaneer had a bad game two weeks ago. They scored 10 points against Chicago. They changed their quarterback halfway through the game. People are bugging out over nothing, really. Give Chris Godwin a game off the bye against Atlanta. Watch him catch a touchdown, and then people are going to be like, I guess I should go get Chris Godwin again. Yeah, Michael, you got a haircut? I did. You look good. Thanks. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> uh, I think you should suck it because oh, Jameis Winston doesn't <laughs> throw to his wide receivers as much as Ryan Fitzpatrick does. Is something we've mentioned before. Chris so, Godwin is a big time red zone threat for them, though. When but Ryan is he going to him, or are they going to Bray in the red zone? Jameis Winston came in and threw a pass to Cameron Bray for a touchdown right away. Yeah, Shout if that was Fitz, it probably would have been Chris Godwin. So, yeah, Godwin's leading the team in red you're zone. Just, you're just making things up now. Nah, that I mean, probably would have been Godwin if it was I'm just you don't know the Godwin's, call. Godwin's leading the team in red zone targets, but that's with a whole different quarterback. I also love D-Jax this week. I'm, I don't love D-Jax, but I'd rather give him a shot than Godwin. I'm I have him as a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. If you're going to start him, this is the week where he has a very high probability of booming. So Keep trade cut just for this week. Don't actually cut these people off your team. Like, how about... Wide receiver, flex, bench. All right, wide receiver, Evans, Mike Evans. Flex, Jax. I agree. Bench. I think Godwin. So you would play I have them as wide receiver Godwin. one, two, three, respectively. Evans, D, Jax, Godwin. So you're playing. So Godwin is the last option. I'd rather take yeah. the big play guy in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, the Buccaneers running game has been disgusting, but yep. Ronald Jones is up. Uh, he, two weeks ago, got the most carries in the game. Um, they're coming off a of bye week. So if there's any week for for Ronald Jones to be, uh, you know, in the game plan, this is the one. Uh, are you considering starting Ronald Jones at all? Are you considering not asking stupid questions, Michael? <laughs> what about you? A desperate flex play. Desperate. But honestly, play. if Rojo somehow ends up with like, because Atlanta's defense is just despicably bad. That's what I'm saying. If like, he ends up with like 17 carries, 50 yards, and two touchdowns, which I could, it's definitely in the realm of possibility. Trade him to someone right after who needs a running back. Yeah. And especially, there's a lot of running back needy teams out there right now. Yes. Um, anyone else in this game that you guys would like to talk about? Well, from the team. You mean? From the Bucks. Sorry. Uh, no. All right, let's move on to the Falcons. The Falcons laid a stinker against the Steelers. Everyone said that this is going to be, oh, what a, what a high-scoring game. And then Matt Ryan threw duck after duck after duck after duck. I'm not going to. You want to? Let me ask you. I already told Michael this stack because it's ridiculous. I need, I need you to make two guesses. His fantasy points per game at home and his fantasy points per game on the road. Well, I in VM this week, I just went over his stark difference on the road and at home. Stark so I know that he has, he has 10 touchdowns at home and he has one touchdown on the There's road. There's like a quarterback one difference between them. Yeah, I, I would. He averages 12 and a half points on the road, 33 at home. <sighs> well, they're at home. You're firing him up happily. All right, so Matt Ryan, you're firing up. What about his weapons? Um, Austin Hooper had a big game, nine catches for 77 yards, but that's against the Steelers defense who has been known to give up the, the pass to the tight end. 
Um, in terms of defensive defensive efficiency against the tight end, uh, I will find it in a second. Uh, Atlanta is fifth. Atlanta, but we're not looking for Atlanta. Looking at Tampa, Tampa Bay is a long Tampa over Bay is, yards per game. Yeah, so Tampa yep. Bay is averaging 130 yards and is 30th in DVOA against the tight end. Is Austin Hooper in your streaming possibilities this week? I have him as a back end tight end. On, yeah. Okay, Me too. So, yeah. uh, Hooper, he's basically only used when defenses allow him to be used. It's not like Matt Ryan forces balls to Austin Hooper, and he's coming. He's going into another great tight end matchup here, so he could put up some solid numbers. You guys want to be surprised real quick? Julio Jones has played 12 games against the Bucks, 10 career touchdowns. 10 touchdowns in 12 games. We're talking about Julio Jones here. Julio. He's is, our, this the, is this the magic week where Julio Jones scores? After, after the huge letdown. I believe this is the week where he puts up 200 yards. Is this your dart throw of the week? Because it's that unlikely. <laughs> no, he's our consensus number one overall wide yeah. receiver this wow. week. Wow. I think if you're playing DFS, you need him in your lineup. Do you think this is one of those crazy Julio Jones? Yes, I think this is three touchdowns, three hundred yards. Yard, yep, like one of those games. I think it's happening. Put it in the Bucks, kids. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued right now. I'm intrigued. Um, what about Mosinu? Mosinu has been getting a lot more work lately. Um, him mean, and Calvin Ridley. He's seeing more snaps than Calvin Ridley. That's for damn sure. Um, how do you feel about those two guys? Sanu has passed a hundred yards, like two times in his entire career. And if I'm taking a chance on one of them, I want the red zone threat, and that's Calvin Ridley. So even though he hasn't seen more than six targets in a game, in a game like this, it's expected to be so high scoring against a defense that's not good. I want the red zone guy and the uh, more of a big play guy, and that, that's Calvin Ridley. So I'm giving Calvin Ridley a shot. Mohamed Sanu is more of a flex play. I heard a lot of analysts this week saying Mohamed Sanu is one of their favorite plays. What, what do you think about that, Michael? I mean, Mohamed Sanu is Mohamed Sanu. We've seen him have big games in... Atlanta before and he's just he's riding a hot streak in the the last three games but take away that 40 yard catch and run last year you can't really take away a 40 yard catch and run but just hypothetically and he ends with 30 yards on the on the day with three catches so like if he doesn't beat two defenders running to the end zone he no one's really gonna be talking about him this game someone we really uh said to stay away from in the beginning well at least I said I think you guys agree with me was Devonta Freeman um, I liked Freeman in the beginning of the offseason, and then just as it got closer, and he was he was falling down my board for me. I don't own him in any leagues. Yeah, I was I was Same. passing him up in mock drafts in the third round, so I, I was I was not high in Devonta Freeman. Didn't know that and he, you know, he's been playing like crap. Uh, came back from an injury, eight carries for thirty-two yards. Tevin Coleman, seven carries for fifteen yards. Uh, on the passing side, Tevin Coleman, two catches for fifteen. Devonta Freeman, two catches for nine. So neither of them super involved. I think the most concerning thing, though, is Edo Smith gets the goal line carry, converts it, and now all of a sudden you're you're seeing a three-headed monster in the backfield, which is the dreaded touchdown vulture of Edo Smith. How are you feeling about this backfield going into this game? Yeah, Edo Smith had four overall touches last week compared to 10 and 9 for Freeman and Coleman, which if you're a Freeman owner, it's not good because Coleman has always been – a flex option at best with Devontae Freeman healthy. I don't know why he was going so high in drafts. People who were drafting I him don't got understand it. people who were drafting him got bailed out with the Freeman injury. But now that Freeman's back, Coleman can't really be trusted. Well, Freeman he didn't was, even practice today. He has an injured ankle. Yeah, he out of nowhere another injury popped up. But if he does go, Freeman's obviously the guy to play. But I mean it's just <laughs> their their backfield is looking more and more like a mess every if week. If I'm a if I'm a if I have any of these players, I'm hoping that Freeman sits and I can just start Coleman as the workhorse. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, anyone else in this game that you'd like to talk about? No. Wow, I am two for two on all the players. Someone get me a trophy. Uh, Chargers at Browns is the matchup. Go Chargers, go. Uh, the Browns' defense has been spectacular oh, so far this are. season. Uh, a lot has to do with Miles Garrett. That guy is unblockable. What a beast. Um, the Chargers, on the other hand, have are do not have their beast pass rusher in Joey, Joey Bosa. And you could tell because their defense has been a little lackluster. Last week, it finally stepped up. I mean, against I mean, Oakland. Against the Raiders. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But 27 against the Niners, 35 to the Rams, 20 to the Bills, 38 to the Chiefs. Now, these are high-powered offenses in the Chiefs and the Rams. But 27 to the Niners and 20 to the Bills uh, is not looking good. The Browns, on the other hand, um, are starting to look like their offense is starting to come together a little bit. Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't look great, but he put up a lot of yards in his last game. So let's start on the Browns side. I personally think Antonio Callaway is a pretty good play in this game. If you haven't been playing him, I I would take a chance on him. The Twins are making some yuck faces. Um what do you guys think about Antonio Callaway and the pass casting options for the Browns in this game? I think that Antonio Callaway needs to go back to learn how to catch school so that he can learn how to catch. Burn. See what I did there? That was <laughs> clever. I mean, last week, I was on Callaway because he was seeing the targets, but last week they dropped. He had five targets. So it was against Baltimore, but... It, it doesn't matter to me. He had five Mayfield targets, and he bunch. drops his targets. So he's not a person I... Hugh Jackson said he wants to get him less involved. And I know Higgins is out now, but... It's just not someone I could trust at the moment. I think Jarvis Landry is basically the only wide receiver you can trust right now. I would have liked Higgins if he was healthy. I have Higgins on my team. I think the reason the reason why I like Callaway so much this week is because Higgins is out. I suppose, but you can. I think you can take a better chance somewhere. If he's going to get six or seven targets and he's dropping a, a catch a game <laughs> and then you have to assume that the other targets are going to be even be catchable... I think that's a lot of hoping that you're doing if you're starting Callaway. I, David it, it is a lot of hoping, but if you're going against matchups, Chargers, 32nd in the league against number one receivers, 26th against number two receivers, out of the slot, 26th against receivers out of the slot, and this year giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So there is points for wide receivers to be had in this game. And I just don't think all of them are going to Jarvis Landry. I think those points are going to be found somewhere else. I think Antonio Callaway has a breakout game in this one. Uh, I think I think Duke David Johnson Njoku. played fifty percent of the snaps last week. David Njoku has seen eighteen targets in the last two weeks. I think Chargers number one in DVOA against the tight end. Just putting that out there. I think it'll be spread out. Michael, yeah, I mean Njoku had a career day last week involvement wise. Eleven targets, six receptions, sixty nine yards. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds an end zone in this game, and uh, I'm not. I'm not loving Callaway. Maybe as like a flex option, but I'd rather just trust Landry and Njoku. Jarvis Landry's only end. caught 59% of his targets this season. It's only going up. Yeah, he's Jarvis Landry. some of the most targets in the league. He's also an idiot who doesn't run out of bounds with like 20 seconds left in the game to oh. gain an extra yard. Yeah, so dumb. It's the only reason they went to overtime. Well, they ended up winning, so it's not you know it's not the worst. It's really bad. Play. What about Baker? Are you considering picking up Baker Mayfield, especially because listen to the Baker listen to the schedule that's coming up for him. Chargers, who I just said, have been the wide receivers have been killing, which means the quarterbacks have been killing. At the Bucks, at the Steelers, home against the Chiefs, home against the I mean, home against the Falcons. Yeah, go get David Njoku. That's what I'm saying. David Njoku. I think Baker Mayfield is a guy that you could pick up and maybe in our league. Stream. I'm, I'm breaking the rules and I have I'm rostering two quarterbacks because Andy Dalton and Baker Mayfield both have the greatest 
most sexiest matchups in the world coming up. So <laughs> I'm going to work with those two. This most week sexiest I'm, in the world. This week I'm going with Andy Dalton. But if I'm looking at this game, I think if you're looking for the upside, I'm going with Mayfield over Rivers. I have Rivers 14th, Mayfield 16th. But Mayfield put up almost 20 fantasy points last week. Since he took over, he's uh, attempted the most, not the most passes, but he's been up there. Andrew Luck has to be the most. But uh, Baker Mayfield's been up there in pass attempts. The Browns are running a lot more plays with him than they were with Tyrod Taylor. And like you said, the Chargers' pass defense has been prone to giving up big plays while Cleveland has allowed one quarterback one all season. So if I'm looking at these guys and I want a safe play, I'm going Rivers. Rivers is the more logical play. But if I'm looking for upside, I'm going Mayfield. Yo, am I bugging? But Nick Chubb's big game was last week, right? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Okay. Um, So... Yeah, I was like, I'm bugging. You know, Hugh Jackson said, yeah, we got to get Chubb more involved. And he saw like three snaps. I mean, he's not going to get more involved. Carlos Hyde is one of the better. I, I think you Carlos could lock Hyde him in as an RB1-2 for the rest of the re- low-end RB1, high-end RB2 for the rest of the season. Carlos Hyde has been not great this season. He's just had the volume. Last That's week, all that matters. Last I week agree, was the first time he didn't find the end zone. He also only played 35% of the snaps. I think Duke Johnson they played 50% of the snaps last week. It's mm-hmm. not like they were down. They won 12-9. I think that Interesting. this is a tough game to trust Hyde. I think it's a volume-based running back, too. He's seeing over 20 touches a game, but the Chargers have been good against the run. That's their only bright spot on the defense. And if Hyde stays out of the end zone like he did last week, his floor is low. Yeah, the Chargers have given up 120 yards total rushing the last two weeks and no touchdowns. Interesting, so. interesting. Uh, anyone else on the Browns you want to talk about? I'd stash Nick Chubb if I could. Just throwing that out there. Definitely not playing him. Duke uh, Johnson could stay on the bench as and well. And I just want to give a shout-out to their great announcer, Packers Brown. <laughs> Packers Brown. The Browns' defense, <laughs> no one's going to understand that. If you're, that was, if you're that a Brodo OG, <clears throat> we thought that when the Packers face the Browns, it sounds like a, like an old jazz singer. It's old jazz singer. Packers well, Brown. Welcome, Packers <laughs> Brown. All right. Uh, let's go to the Chargers side then. Browns' defense, sneaky. Go ahead. Browns' defense, sneaky. The Chargers are giving up the second most points to defenses this year. Interesting. They they got turnover initis over there in in LA. You guys want to hear something hilarious? The Browns have 15 takeaways this season in both of the last two seasons. They ended the season with 13. Jeez Louise. I mean, I'm feeling good about that. All right. <clears throat> On the other side, uh, Melvin Gordon, obviously you're starting him. 19 carries, uh, four catches. Even with Austin Eckler having good games, you could see that you know, it's still his backfield. You know, I touted twenty points every Melvin game. Gordon's receiving skills is something that I think wasn't getting enough love, and that's why I had him ranked as my fifth or sixth overall player going into the year. And I'm even surprised by how much work he's getting in the past game. It's wonderful for the people who have him, and I that just makes it negligent that Eckler's getting work too, because Melgo is so involved even with Eckler playing. Yeah, we saw Ingram and Kamara last year, both RB ones. Well, Melgo and Eckler are both are on pace this year to finish with more yards than Ingram and Kamara last year. So, whoa, yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, my next question about Austin Eckler: one for forty-four in the passing game, had the big play for the touchdown. Uh, six for fifteen in the running game wasn't his best game, but he got the touchdown, got the big play. Always, always. Always a candidate for that big play. Um, is Always. someone Austin Eckler someone He's, that you like? Are you only playing him like he was drafted to be a you know every once in a while start in the flex, or is this a guy that you're counting on? He's you know, always a flex option now. <laughs> yeah, I think he's earned his way into flex territory. Not a running back too yet. It's just so tough to trust him. He's seeing 
He's seen more than 11 touches once this season, and right now he's leading the league in yards per touch at, like, almost nine yards. So, and that's why he's been so effective with so little touches. So it's just so hard to trust a guy who is not going to see the ball a lot. Like you said, he needs that big play. That's why he's just a flex play. Phillip Rivers, um, <clears throat> sorry. Phillip Rivers, what do you guys think about him against his Browns defense? has been pretty stout. I mentioned my side earlier, so I'll be quick. I, I haven't ranked quarterback 14. I think he's a safer play, but I don't love him this week. Yeah, I have my quarterback 12. You could you could find better options out there, like Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, who are probably on the wire. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find this here, and I can't believe how low they are on the list. Not starting Antonio Receivers. Gates. Cleveland Browns only giving up 16.2 points per game to the, to the quarterback. Yeah, yeah they're They've given Defense up one quarterback, good. one all season. So, Phillip Rivers, I mean, you're starting him if you have him. He's, <clears throat> he's one of those guys you start, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, Keenan Allen, uh, he fi- he's kind of breaking loose. He Eight receptions, 90 yards. He's just not finding that end zone. Yeah, he's still seeing nine targets a game, so it's not like... He seems like he could even be a buy low candidate at the moment. I, seeing I, I tried so hard to buy low. It's just that Johnny has Keenan Allen in our money league, and he loves Keenan Allen. Yeah, I tried getting Keenan yeah. Allen too, but in a package with for I'm trying to give Michael Thomas for a package of players because my team is depleted at the moment. And Dude, Johnny told me for Keenan Allen to give him like Thielen and James Conner or something. I was like, bro, Thielen is better than Allen. See, that's I'm why you can't. Yeah. So, but, but if there there could be someone in your league that's not a lover of Keenan Allen that you can get, he's definitely a buy low candidate for me for sure. I'd be very upset with him if I was a Keenan Allen owner because that's a high second round pick right there. Who's you don't want nine points a week, man. You want fifteen to twenty. And he's, he's not only, someone I even considered drafting once this year where he was going. Besides week one, he hasn't even reached fourteen half PPR points yet. <laughs> it's pretty frustrating. Uh, what about the two Williams brothers, Tyrell and Mike? Mike Williams seems like that guy who is going to just have a big game every once in a while and then be quiet. Tyrell Williams hasn't been nearly involved in the offense as he was last year. Uh, are you considering either of these guys in any of your wide receiver slots? It's kind of funny that you call them the Williams brothers. <laughs> they're like, they're not actual brothers. I mean, I guess. All right, the Williams. Hardy, hardy, hardy. Keeping up with the Williams. Mike Williams seems to be falling out of favor nope, a bit. Nope, I don't He's want not any getting. Of what? I don't oh, want him. Yeah. He's not getting the action that you expected after that big two touchdown performance like week three. Tyrell Williams, although he's not putting up the big numbers, he's still getting some opportunities and he is the deep man. So Mike Williams has to find the end zone basically to be a viable play. I have him as my wide receiver 50, I believe, this week. And I think Jason kept him. Yep, 50. And Jason doesn't even have him in the top 50. Why would I? Uh, all right. Anyone else in this game you want to talk about? I'm good. Antonio Gates? I'm good, guy. No? no. All right. Sonning Gates. Next is the... Our New York Jetropolitan. The New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, sorry, facing the Indianapolis Colts at home. Let's talk about the Colts. The Colts. Oh, oh amazing garbage time. How we love U.S. Colts. fantasy owners. Um, oh. Andrew Luck almost exclusively in garbage time, 365 yards and three touchdowns. It's good to see him wing it. I think that Andrew Luck's arm is finally getting to that place where you can start to trust Andrew Luck every week. The Jets have been good, but I don't think they've been good enough to sit Andrew Luck. How do you guys feel about him this week? Uh, I mean, he has been better. I don't. With the there's good quarterbacks on the bye right now, so Andrew Luck is just sneaking into my one area. He's my quarterback thirteen. I still don't love him. Like you said, he needed uh garbage time to get into 
quarterback one territory last week, and the Jets defense has been better than at or then people outside of New York probably don't know how good the Jets defense has been. I feel like uh, Morris Claiborne is one of the best rated cornerbacks. Uh, Tremaine Johnson got hurt, but he has been good too. Avery Williamson's always making plays. Buster Screen is really the guy that you need to attack. He's people make fun of Buster, Buster Screen, Screen has been terrible like, this season. Uh. Uh, the the Jets have been all right against against the slot corners though. I mean, there's the slot receivers. Look up Buster Screens. I mean, great. they're fifth in DVOA against the slot receivers. Well, I'm though. just saying that I I because really Perry Nickerson also plays there, and he's been good. Tall guy. I really expected Andrew Luck to be in my top twelve this week, but there's so many other great quarterback matchups that he's my QB thirteen. But if you're starting Luck, I I'd be happy with it. Um. Eric Ebron, who, not for nothing, we told you last week he's a startable asset and that you should start him wherever you can. Must start when Doyle's not around. Nine receptions for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Can I can I get an amen for Eric Ebron? He's he's finally found a good role where he could be he could play the role that he is meant for, which is a receiving tight end, not a blocking tight end. Oh, I can't believe it. Nine receptions, 105 yards. Uh, at this point, it's Eric Ebron at every week start as long as Doyle's not around. Yes. Yeah, and Doyle's Absolutely. not practicing. It looks like Doyle and Hilton are both going to miss this week. Hilton has been announced out already. You want to yeah. hear how high I am on Eric Ebron? I have him ranked higher than Travis Kelsey. You know what, Jay? I looked through the rankings. No, because, no, this needs to be addressed right now. <laughs> Tell me. Tell me in. Lay it on me. Like, really, deep in your heart, if you had the option, like, no salary cap or anything, they're both on your roster. You're starting George Kittle over Travis Kelsey this week. You got to be bold sometimes with your rankings. Nobody wants to see lame rankings. You want to see what I really believe. All right, let's talk about that when we talk about that. Let's continue about the Colts. Um, Their backfield continues to be confusing. Uh, Naheem Hines, I don't understand. He's the pass-catching back, but he plays in running downs, and he had 15 carries. Well, well he's not the Marlon Mack was out, so he was. He also had nine targets. Marlon Mack was out, so he was basically the all-purpose back. Marlon Mack practiced in full, guys. Oh, so wow. Another Marlon Mack is back. Someone I said to, to Scoop last week. Please, if you, no. I mean, Naheem Hines got the work trying to run between the tackles last week. Did not look great doing it. No, he did not. He I, He's a solid receiver, but he just... He wasn't making people miss, really. He was just... Marlon Mack's not going to do that either. Getting the yards that were available for him, but... I'm guessing they're going to be giving Mac the work, the early down work. You want 12 carries on the Colts? Because I don't. Dude, I'm just saying to stash Marlon Mack possibly as a bench piece. I, I don't even I'm saying Naheem Hines over. is going to have to do everything through the air, which, again, this week, he should have a pretty solid, flex-worthy game doing it because there's no T.Y. Hilton. Andrew Luck is the first ever quarterback to throw for 59 or more attempts in back-to-back games. But his arm so is broken. That's why Hines has been better the last few weeks. If you're going to roll with the Colts running back, you got to roll with Hines. Agreed. Um, any Robert Turbin love? He didn't. He His first so game back, he saw game. almost no action. No, come on. All right. Come on. Uh, anyone else on this team? Robbie Turbin. Got to talk to wide receivers. We do got to talk to wide receivers. Last Damn week, it. I made my first mistake. Last week, we there discussed Rodgers, Grant, and Pascal. Pascal, and I said that Rodgers was my favorite of the three. And. I won that one, fellas. Damn it, uh, Pascal really let me down, man. He yeah, saw he 11 targets, even though he dropped half of them seemingly. But if you're going to go with the Indianapolis wide receiver, it's going to be Chester Rogers. He's his. He's the number one target when Hilton is out. He gets the red zone looks. He nearly had a touchdown last week. So if I'm 
I mean, I don't love it, but if I'm going with a Colts wide receiver, I'm going with Chester Rogers. I have him at 42. I think he's a flex play if Hilton's out. Chester Rogers or Corey Davis? Rogers. Chester Rogers or Tyler Boyd? But wait, you chose Corey. Corey you chose Chester, Chester Rogers or Corey Davis? Oh, yeah. Chester oh, Roberts, Chester, or Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti. All right. Kuti. Let's go over to the Jets side. Sam Darnold finally put together Darnold. a... They finally let him throw the ball down the field, and it and it worked out. He only completed 10 passes, but for 198 yards, three touchdowns. The big game was from Isaiah Crowell. 15 carries for 219 yards. That's an average of 14.6 yards a carry. And one touchdown for the Crow man, who has been consistently inconsistent this year. One week, great. One week, he completely disappears. Do you think he continues the trend and disappears in this game? Guess what? That trend means that he's been great in three of the five games, so booyah for that, Isaiah Crowell. Uh, the Colts are allowing over 150 yards on the ground over the last three weeks, and their pass defense is one of the most underrated units in the league. I think they don't get enough love, just like the Jets don't get enough love. So if the Jets are smart, uh, that's we'll have to see about that. Todd Bowles isn't the best coach in the world, but if the Jets are smart... They'll attack on the ground. I think that this is another matchup where you could count on Isaiah Crowell to be productive. And 35 rushes. Isaiah Crowell, 219 yards, but didn't even lead the team in, in carries. Bilal Powell got 20 carries for 99 yards, so he had himself a good game too. Um, Crowell that, is the, I, Nothing says that the Jets are going to go away from the run. Yeah, and Crowell is a goal line guy. That's why I haven't ranked ahead of Powell. But I also think Powell is a back-end touchdown uh, dependent running back, too. I have him ranked, for example, I'm starting him over Kenyon Drake in one league just because I like the matchup better. So I think Crowell and Powell are good plays this week. Crowell, Powell. Crowell, Powell. I have Crowell as more of like a high-end flex play than Jason Hansen with a solid RB2. I'm still looking at Isaiah Crowell as Isaiah Crowell, someone who's inconsistent, and the Jets offense as the Jets offense. So on and again, off again offense that you never know what they're going to do. So I'm... Not a fan of the inconsistencies. The Jets are actually, uh, of all the two and three teams, the Jets have the best point differential. So they're actually, they're actually plus eighteen on the season, despite being two and three. So they're not a, two they're not big as bad wins. As people might two think. giant wins by the Jets. I mean, but then the losses are close too. They could have they could have beat Miami. They could have beat Cleveland. Yeah, this is both both true facts. They should have beat that Cleveland. that loss against Cleveland looks a lot better now. That you see that Cleveland actually has a pretty solid team. I mean, I, I mean, guess it hurts as a Jets fan. We, it hurts. We should it was be the first two. one, but we'd have the same record as the Dolphins right now if we beat Cleveland. Because um, the Dolphins are fake trash. And the pass catching, I think a lot of people are saying that this is Robbie Anderson's return. I'm I'll, I'm pumping the brakes on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still only got was on the field less than fifty percent of the time. Still only got three receptions. Now they were for 123 yards and two touchdowns, so he did his thing. But he's the new Deshaun Jackson where he's going to get you either 123 and two or one for 25, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm not I, – I think he should have been picked up again just because of the big play potential, but I'm not happy about putting him in a starting lineup. I wouldn't this week against Indianapolis. Someone I am a bit more worried about is Kunsi Anunua. Not because he didn't have a catch last week. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that has something to do with it. That worries me. But he had the five targets. He committed, like, like three of those catches. He should have easily caught. He could have had a touchdown. He could have had a touchdown, but it's the slot work. He went from basically playing every down in the slot weeks one and two to 69% in week three, 62% in week four, and then only 32% of the snaps in the 
slot last week with I mean with Jermaine Curse like back. Jermaine, Jermaine Curse has always been the slot guy the last doom. year and the half for the Jets. So you don't you don't want Anuno as the guy on the outside. You want him in the middle as the target funnel guy. If he's not gonna be the target hog, then he's not seeing the value that we want. And for that reason, Quincy Nunwa is not a wide receiver three in our book this week. Actually he's thirty sixth. So he told he you the wide receiver the landscape cut. is trash. Yeah. Uh any interest in Terrell Pryor who caught a touchdown on his one catch? No. Come on now. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Herndon. It's just a fun name to say. Jets tight end. Don't start him. Lycan Tomlinson. Another Jets tight end. Another fun name to another say. Another cool name. Jordan Leggett, another Jets tight end, another cool name. We got the best cool names out here. Wayne Becht, um, another go. Jets tight end, another cool name. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Seattle Seahawks at the Oakland Raiders. The Seahawks running game was absolutely on fire against the Rams. Pew, pew. Um, their final uh, count, Chris Carson, 19 carries for 116 yards. Mike Davis, 12 carries for 68 yards and one TD. The one TD coming on the all-important goal line carry um if you are a owner of either of these guys i think you were less excited a few weeks ago but seattle is steadfast in their commitment to the run how are you feeling about chris carson and mike davis uh this week against the raiders i think that chris carson's a running back to play uh the seahawks are clearly committed to playing football like it's 1973 so uh Russell Wilson isn't really attempting passes. He hasn't attempted over 30 passes in three straight games. And Chris Carson has over 100 yards per game in each of the last two games, even though Mike Davis got work. So even when Davis is getting work, Carson's still going to be the lead dog. And the Raiders are allowing 156 yards per game on the ground. So I think Carson is a decent play this week. Yeah, uh, it's not a good run-stopping defense. Maybe if they had Khalil Mack, they'd be better. But Chris Carson is should be... A pretty solid RB2 this week. Where do we have him? Uh, running back 19 overall. So, Mike Davis, I think, more of a flex play, but only if you need to. More of a desperate flex play because he's very touchdown dependent. If I'm looking at this team, I'm pretty. it's pretty sad at this point that uh, it's week five, six. And, no, wait, what are we doing? Week, going into week six. Where am I looking at? Who's on? Sorry, I just got confused. I have the 2017 buys up so <laughs> i'm like i'm starting andy dalton what am i doing but who's who's on uh drew Brees, matt stafford uh a few other guys right russell wilson yeah isn't even a quarterback one what does that do drew Brees and matt stafford they're not even because they're out of the, the land they're out of the are they're out of the corby one the qb1 conversation so those are the only two weeks that teams on by yeah exactly gotcha. so yeah so what i'm saying is it's looking pretty bleak for Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, I you guys three touchdowns last game. When I told you guys Russell Wilson wasn't going to be a top five quarterback at the beginning of the year because of Brian Hot Schottenheimer, you guys were like, "Oh, it's Russell Wilson. What are you dumb?" I was like, "No, it, I'm not dumb. It's Russell. It's Brian Schottenheimer. We've seen what he's done. I went through a whole. If you go all the way back to the preseason rankings, my notes for Russell Wilson explain just how bad of an offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer is, and. Russell Wilson has failed to reach 200 yards passing in three straight games, which is a joke. He's I not think, passing, that's why. Yeah, and I think that I, I, if I'm a Russell Wilson owner, what I'm what what I'm not concerned, I'm not concerned about his passing. I'm concerned. I'm looking at this rushing list from last running. game, and he's not there. No, he's just not. He's just not running. Apparently, he's playing with an injury. 
And that's his value right there. So without that value, Russell Wilson, yeah, I'd rather have a guy like Andy Dalton this week. I'd rather have a guy like Matt Ryan. I'd rather have a guy like oh, Matt Ryan is even maybe maybe Beck, Baker Mayfield. He even. didn't even attempt a rush last week, Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's, it's it, he's missing. It just it makes no sense. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been on fire. Um, three receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown again. Um, on the other hand, Doug Baldwin is number one, one as in one, one catch for one yard. Um, how how are you looking at these guys? If you know, you're looking, go on. I dropped Tyler Lockett prematurely because I just figured Doug Baldwin's back. Tyler Lockett's not going to be as involved anymore, and I'm kind of regretting that decision because he has been just as involved, and he's still making the big plays. So don't drop Tyler Lockett if you have him. <laughs> but Doug Baldwin is someone who worries me after that one catch performance because he just, I don't know, he just does not look like he's the same guy. You don't, we're not used to Doug Baldwin getting one target in a full game. And it's just until he does something on the field that says, look, I'm Doug Baldwin, I'm back to being Doug Baldwin, I, I don't know how you could really trust him as more than wide receiver three. But the Raiders have been torched. Out of the slot by Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Albert Wilson, Emmanuel Sanders, Cooper Cup. If I have Doug Baldwin, this is the dream matchup that I'm looking for. And if he doesn't show up this week, then I'm definitely concerned. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Nick Vanette, I think five targets, three receptions, 43 yards, uh, filling into that Will Disley role. Um, Is this someone in the tight end landscape that has been poor that you're considering picking up and starting? Not really. I mean, he'll always have his weeks where he's a top five tight end. That's just how Russell Wilson does it. He'll, he'll hit him for a touchdown every once in a while. But it's just so hard to predict, and I think that his floor is so low that you can't really trust him. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, two tight end leagues, sure, but not one tight end leagues. Uh, you guys want to talk about Elijah Penny? Rashad uh, Penny. Oh, the yeah, answer's no. No, no. Do you want to talk about Elijah? All right. That was the joke. He's not even on the team. Oh, duh. Duh. <laughs> uh, the Raiders, on the other hand, on the other side, Derek Carr um, continues to throw like a pedestrian-ass interception every week through another pedestrian-ass. That goal line interception was goodness gracious. Yo, he makes some decisions How do you just not see a linebacker standing in the front of the end zone? Question, because I didn't see the ending of the play. Did he just start yelling at other people as if it wasn't his fault again like he did against the Rams? I don't know, man. No, so it's Marshawn Lynch was mad fucking pissed because yeah, he, he didn't get the ball, so he he like threw off his helmet and shit. I, I saw just that saw Derek part. Carr just was like yeah. walking away. Dude, Derek Carr, I think sometimes in his mind, the only thing that goes through his mind is <laughs> like he sees he just seems like he's always in a rush. Like, yo, relax, dog. Relax. What happens when you're a Do you know many severely games mediocre quarterback? Do you know how many games has multiple touchdown passes this year? How many? One. Sounds like Matt Ryan. Um what are you talking about? Uh, well, Matt Ryan last year. Matt Ryan at home is like the best quarterback. Matt Ryan in the last right year. Now. Shut your face. Uh, let's go to that running game. Marshawn Lynch, nine carries for 31 yards. Revenge game. Yuck. Hashtag beast mode. Oh, beast mode. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I wonder if he'll get the ball to go on this game. You're in Seattle? Honestly, I think that this is a. Even with not the revenge in game, it's not in Seattle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an I don't really think that the matters. The Seahawks though. aren't blowing anyone out. Especially with the way they play, they're trying to kill the clock and run the ball. So, I think it's a very good game for Marshawn Lynch to do good. Plus, just the revenge game. Yeah, helps. we have him as a high-end RB two this week. He should see a lot of he's, work. He's a little touchdown dependent, but I think he he'll be able to find the end zone this week. On the receiving side, Amari Cooper sucks, guys. 
garbage. I tweeted, I tweeted if you uh, listen to Brodo Fantasy, there's a 0% chance that you drafted Amari Cooper this year. And it got some love. He's been good in two games this year. If there was a time for his good games, it's now. And looking at the uh, tight, the wide receiver landscape this week, we have Amari Cooper as a back-end wide receiver three. It hurt to put him there. But if you're looking at the other guys he's around, Jeronimo Allison, Muhammad Sanu, Quincy Nunoff, Funches. If you're looking at upside, Cooper has had some upside in a couple of games, and this doesn't seem like a game to shy away from him if you have him. Amari Cooper produces when he doesn't have to face a number one corner. No He's terrible real. against good players. Right, yeah. so no real number one corner here. So this is a f- game where I'm comfortable firing up the garbage can that is Amari Cooper. Um, Martavis Bryant, three receptions what, for nine yards. I was going to say, here's yards. the problem, though. Uh, also Martavis Bryant can get out of this. Uh, the I fact we that talk about everyone, I but. see Mart- Martavis Bryant on like Twitter and some fancy analysts, like, it's Martavis Bryant's time again. Pick him up. I will... Punch anyone who picks up Martavis Bryant. I will never. That's a that's a large promise. <laughs> well, if I see you, I think and I, I think he you, has like ten thousand ads on Yahoo. You are you sure you to punch ten thousand people? If we make a GoFundMe for so. Michael travels the world to punch people who have Martavis Bryant, do you think it'll get some love? I think Michael will die. By I, the end I of may it. not return alive. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of punches to the face. The, Michael's not the biggest of men. Here's my concern. He has a Bryant. lot of heart though. And Cooper. <laughs> no, I'll do it. That's all you need. If you watch the replacements, you know that's all you need. Uh, heart. Right yo, here. honestly, though. Falco. Let's talk about someone who's not only using heart, but also just straight up producing. Jordy Nelson. I was going to get to him next. Yo, three games of fantasy production where you're loving it. Also, he's been getting the volume. Eight targets. Eight targets. And, f- well, four targets. But in those you four know, targets, four catches and a touchdown. The touchdown, though, last week. against It was against the Chargers, right? Oakland played the Chargers last week. That they did. Yeah. The Chargers, I don't know what they were doing, but Jordy Nelson was alone on the other side of the end zone, so Carr just snapped it and threw it to Nelson unguarded for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I Can't really that. expect that to happen again. Well, three straight games with a touchdown. Not, listen. And a, two, and a two-point conversion. Here's my so thinking. F- four times in three games, he's been standing in the end zone. Here's my with thinking. With the ball. Uh, he's playing with a quarterback who doesn't throw more than one touchdown a game. And the one touchdown that he does throw has been going to Jordy Nelson most of the time. So it counts for something. It does. I, I have him as a flex play. Jalen Rashard came in in garbage time in comeback mode. Uh, caught six balls for 53 yards. Uh, any interest in Jalen Rashard in this one? No. Yeah, I didn't think it's so. It's not a comeback game. Jared Cook, though. Jared Cook has basically been their wide receiver one Jared Cook year. is about as mercurial as Isaiah Crowell. Mercurial. Bars. <laughs> I don't even know what that I, means. It's like no, up and down, opposite opposite ends of the spectrum. Interesting. I didn't know that. Teaching me the new things. I've actually I used that before, and you had the same exact reaction. Well, uh, my memory sucks, so that's expected. The definition, I think, is <laughs> I think sudden to unpredictable change has a nice bounce back game this week, and is a solid tight end one. Yeah, I like Jared Cook. You got to play him in a tight you end landscape that sucks. Him. Yes, right. that's what I'm saying. So he could be bad. He could be good. You just have to play him. Jared Cook or Cameron Brait? Brait. Brait. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cam Newton. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are the I next. feel like we're going to be the only people who say that, too. Well, we'll be the only people who are right. That's what I'm saying. As usual. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Panthers at. Cook R- is obviously safer. Fuck out of here. I don't agree. I don't agree. I either. think Brait is a great option. 
Yo, I'm gonna come in here, and when Bray puts up like 20 points, I'm Don't gonna come in and I'm Don't make me move over Kelsey. <laughs> Yo, please, dude. Jason, chill out, all right? Chill out over there. She's you... trying to like lose some followers right now, saying nonsense. Well, I'll never gain followers if he's right. Yeah, true. Um, Panthers at Redskins. The Redskins got stoinked. Uh, Alex by... Smith looked like one of the worst. Key... You know, when the Redskins decided to let go of Kirk Cousins and to get Alex Smith and all these analysts and shit on ESPN and shit were like... Yeah, Alex Smith, what an upgrade. The Redskins are going to be such a great team next year because of this. Me me and Jason, because we live together, so I don't know exactly what Timmy was doing during this time. <laughs> but me and Jason were watching that. Like, yo, Kirk Cousins is such a better quarterback than Alex Smith. Yeah, I'm disappointed in... Yeah, Kirk Cousins is no doubt better. I've been disappointed. Yeah, you were all over the Alex, Alex Smith train, Jason. I thought that he could continue to do what Kirk Cousins did, but on a lesser level and still be a back-end quarterback on. But if you watch that game, this guy was getting hit after three, not three seconds. It's pretty good, actually. After, like, <laughs> half a second. Yeah. His offensive line was doing nothing for him. Dude, but come on. He also made And then made if you look at his supporting cast, it's a washed-up AP, so any made despicable throws. Josh Doxey wasn't even active. Right. Yeah. But, so, I mean, Kirk Cousins did it last year with the same exact... No, that's what I'm saying. He's been a disappointment. I'm not. You can't start him anymore. Crowder, like I was just watching the game, and it just frustrates me watching Crowder because it's like they don't know any other route to give Crowder besides a drag across the field. Yo, for doesn't yards. it seem like he's always running a drag across the field? Every time he catches the depth of so the pass, tell is me like the only route he runs yards. isn't a drag across the field. <laughs> I just what? said that. What? I know that tempted, so I had to get into. Uh, it. Nah, but yo, I, uh, this is funny because I was just thinking that about Jameson Crowder in my head, and then Michael kind of said it. It's like, what, does this guy run anything else besides a drag across the yeah, field? Like, I don't see how he ever scores a touchdown unless he breaks out a long one. Just not, not a team that you want to grab a receiver. I from. say the Giants get him, and then they nickname him Manhattan Clam Crowder, and then we're all good to go. <laughs> Jason needs to leave, uh, number one. Number two, uh, the running game, also not great. Adrian Peterson, four for six. Ugh. Um, Chris Thompson, eight for 17. Ugh. Uh, did have six catches for 45 yards in the passing game, but even from what you expect out of Chris Thompson, ugh. Jordan Reed, one for 21. Ugh. What on earth are that we expecting? That was too gross, man. Well, <laughs> AP did. Yes, it's gross. It's no one disgusting. wants to hear that. AP, you. Not actually. I know. <laughs> I mean, he hurt his leg during the beginning of the game, but he also dislocated his shoulder. And he's just like, yeah, I'm good. And he's just going <laughs> to play through a dislocated shoulder. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting hit in the shoulder and leaving the game. Well, do any of these guys <laughs> bounce back against the Panthers, who have been decent on, on defense, but not the best? You know, I, I was a big fan of Chris Thompson. And then teams realized Alex Smith doesn't throw the ball past four yards. Let me guard Chris Thompson harder. And it's just not been great for Chris Thompson either because he doesn't get any room. He's just throwing, even AP with a few of his targets, he's just throwing them into danger. Like, it makes no sense. He's just throwing them into defenders ready to get rocked for, like, a two-yard gain. On the other hand, though, Carolina 27th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield and 27th in DVOA against the tight end. So if you're going to beat anyone Carolina, it's with those two guys. And Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson are... I mean, Thompson scored at least nine points in half PPR in three or four games, so he's still a running back two play. He also he left the game last week in the fourth quarter That's with true. a rib injury. So Something to keep an eye on. Always something you have to keep an eye on with him. Uh, the, Pan- the Panthers on the way... Oh, yeah. So, Capri Bibbs, before we go there, before we go to the Panthers, Capri Bibbs, are you considering stashing him? I just wanted to yell his name in case. Dude, if also, someone's injured, he can come in. Another thing, people are like, 
Oh, man, AP owners. Capri Bibbs scored a touchdown. I was like, dude, not only is AP hurt, they're down by like 30 points. Why would AP be running this in right now? Sure, but if you are a guy who's looking at Capri Bibbs, is this a guy that you could pick up? No. Only if injuries happen. I mean, if AP and Thompson are miraculously both out, then yes. Yeah. All right. Um, Cameron Newton on the side of the Panthers. Jordan Reed only had two targets last week. We talked about that. I like Jordan Reed in this game as a bounce back. We didn't talk about Jordan Reed. Yes, we did. We did not. When did we talk about Jordan Reed? We're going we're gonna to play this back, and I'm going to see that I mentioned Jordan Reed. <laughs> That's when I made the gross ugh. Oh, you're, I was just so disgusted by your noises that I just didn't listen to you. But about Jordan Reed, you have to play him if you have him more than likely because the tight ends suck. Yeah. But besides week one where he scored a touchdown... He has not surpassed. He has not scored a touchdown or surpassed nine half PPR points. So it's it's not looking great for Jordan Reed. The Redskins should has to do with the whole offense. The Redskins honestly. should get him the ball more clearly. They don't have any effective pass catchers at all on that team. But definitely uh, not great. I like a bounce back from Jordan he Reed. Is in a, he is in a great spot against Carolina. Yeah, I like this. I like this game for him. Jason, where is he on your tight end rankings? Hmm. Are you drinking water? Like seventh. Why are you drinking water in the middle of the show? Ninth. Michael's talking. Very unprofessional. You're looking at me drinking water, asking me questions. <laughs> Let's go over to the other side. We're trying to get Jason to the other side. brought us a cup of water oh to share. Oh, my goodness. You guys are never going to let me get to the Panthers. We, he brought us a cup of water to share. <laughs> yeah, I remember asked that. for water. Yeah, I remember that. Crying you ready for Panthers? I got the Panthers. You start Cam Newton. You start Cameron. <laughs> uh, you start McCaffrey. Uh, Greg Olson's coming back, but I don't trust him. I don't start him yet. Devin Funches sucks when Olson's back. You don't start him either. Boom. Done. I <laughs> agree with everything except Funches. As typical, oh man, no, Funches. Funches isn't Dude, good. I have Funches. How much of Funches do we have to see to know that he's not good? Oh my God, you need to stop speaking. He's not a bad football player. He's he's mad young still, and every time he gets an opportunity, he he produces. Fine, not good isn't a stretch, but I'm talking about. But dude, you think Olsen's gonna come back a stretch, after average. five weeks from a broken foot and play more than forty percent of the snaps? Well, it still hurts Funches. I'll he bet plays you that 40% of Olsen snaps. doesn't play 40% of the snaps. Listen, I'm not saying start Olsen. I don't want to start Olsen this saying week Then that's more than half the game that Funches is going to be able to work Where without Olsen Where do you have Funches there. played? He played... Funches had a whole game without Olsen last week. What did he do? Yeah, there were two big plays by DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel there. Well, their big play but threats Funches going up isn't. against Janoris Jenkins, who's been solid. I feel like that popcorn meme where Michael Jackson sits there and eats wow, the popcorn. Tim, where are you on Funches? Because Michael hasn't ranked 27th. I haven't ranked 47th. Whoa, that's big. I would probably honestly <laughs> Dude, rank him. 47th? Come on. I would rank him somewhere in the middle there. I think that he's a good flex play, but I wouldn't play him as a... I'm not touching him this week. Who I, who do I think could really have a breakout game? I think DJ Moore might be a candidate. I might have to stick DJ Moore in my flex spot this week and just glory it up. Good luck with that. Um, the Giants have because been susceptible to uh, big the plays. They've also been susceptible to the slot receiver when DJ Moore comes out of the slot. Uh, 28th in DVOA against the slot are the Giants. We're talking about the Redskins, Tim. <laughs> Wait, we're not talking about the Redskins. What are you talking about? No, we're talking about the Redskins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. They played the Giants last week. (laughs) This is what I get distracted because you fucking guys are over here. (laughs) You should be looking while we're talking about Funches. Either way, I've been been studying the Giants this whole time. (laughs) He had four targets last week against the Giants, who you were just mentioning stats about. So it works. He had his best game, which we all expected to happen last week. But I mean, I'm not going to trust him this week. No, I agree with Michael. I think I 
I agree with both of you. I don't think this is the week to start DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is someone you should own. Yeah, he has a sweet uh, rest of season. Outlook hey, twenty third well. in DVOA against the slot. So you know Washington. So I'm I'm still there. I'm around. Are you sure it's Washington? I'm around. I'm sure it's Washington. Washington. Damn, Washington. Washington. <laughs> um. Anyone else you want to talk you about? Think this anyone game? really listening to this understands all these like random. TV movie and tidbits. movie lines that we just throw out there. I have no one who listens to you guys ever understands anything I you guys say. say. <laughs> Our girlfriends hang out a lot because we're twins. We hang out a lot, and they always talk about how we just say random movie references and just complain about how we know so many of them. I often tell Michael that I don't understand how his mind remembers such useless nonsense. It remembers normal nonsense too. Useful nonsense. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on to the next game. The Buffalo Bills at the Houston Texans. Um, uh, here we go. Yeah, here we weekly go. Weekly Bills. The weekly don't start <laughs> anyone. <laughs> the Bills don't start anyone. Um, so Shady McCoy is <laughs> in a solid uh, flex territory game here against Houston. I agree. Right? I think I would start McCoy. In this I game. wrote here McCoy had 26 catches last week. I'm pretty sure I'm in touches. Car- yeah, touches. Yeah. But uh, 24 carries, two catches. Finally, um, uh, he was involved a little bit. So and it's the Bills won. Dude, real quick, though. The Bills have a really bad roster, right? But they're 2-3. and three. That's because their defense is real. Just think about how yeah. bad Hugh Jackson is that he couldn't get the Browns to even one win when the Bills with this <laughs> roster have two wins through five games. No, let's not let's not pile it on. The man is 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Let's let him let's let him live for right. Without oh, him they probably be 5-0. No, oh. no, yeah. <laughs> or 4 and 1. The worst thing that happened to the Browns is that Hugh Jackson didn't get fired before Mayfield took over cuz now he's going to get credit and he deserves no credit. Anyway, um <laughs> we're talking about the Bills. No <laughs> pass casting options in the Bills is available, so let me just cut that one off right there. But I like my LeSean McCoy. What about Chris Ivory? 14 carries. They seem to like feeding him. They seem to be very committed to the run. Uh, you see that because they don't want to put Josh Allen really in harm's way. Josh Allen, again, runs for a touchdown. Uh, you're not starting him, but something that you should keep an eye on is his ability to run for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we mentioned on this podcast was uh, while all the talking heads that don't know shit were telling, us about how, telling you about how Josh Allen was a statue in the pocket – we were telling you, we actually went back and watched Josh Allen, and he actually was on the run every single play in Wyoming because that offensive line was horrible. So we knew that this guy was That like, was your main argument. Our argument was still that he couldn't throw even when he was on the run. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Either way. Either way. The but Bills he's ran, athletic, yes. The very. Bills ran 43 times last week, which is just absurd. They'll continue to do it. Yeah. They want their defense to win games. Their defense is capable of winning games. So they're going to keep running the ball out, running the ball out, and then hoping their defense wins games with for them. With that said, there's no way I'm starting a backup running back on the worst offense in the league. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, you know what? When you put it that way, it's pretty clear. <laughs> um, let's go to the Houston Texans. We spent a lot of time on the Bills there. Yeah, that was the Too most much. time we, we ever talked about the Bills. Week. The <laughs> Texans <laughs> offense continues to look like super pedestrian, although the Cowboys defense is very good. Dude, Deshaun Watson is an absolute stud. He is doing literally everything on the field without a running game or an offensive line. Deshaun Watson has, I think, 300 passing yards and 30 rushing yards in like four straight games or something like that. Yeah, last week, 375 passing yards, 40 rushing yards. Before that, 375 passing yards, 41 rushing yards. The week before that, 385 passing yards, 36 rushing yards. The week before that, 310 passing yards, 44 rushing yards. This is what you wanted when you drafted him. Since week two, he's averaging over 300 passing yards and 40 rushing yards a game. Yeah, exactly. This is what you wanted when you drafted him. So, I mean, 
and he's you're locked playing in as a high end QB one, and the, you're playing a Bills future. defense that is not exactly going is not exactly the best defense, but is a good defense. And if they lock up those wide receivers, and there's nothing else to do, you can see Deshaun Watson running the ball a few times. Yeah, this this does seem like a good. You got to keep game. an eye on the injury, but uh, I mean, it's probably nothing. They were just drawing up plays for him at the goal line to go get popped. It made no sense, especially for coming off an ACL injury. Their running game continues to be almost non-existent. Alfred Blue, 20 carries for 46 yards. My boy, Blue. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 10 carries for 40 yards. This brings me to a guy that's not on the list at all. Lamar Miller? Nope. Deontay Foreman? Deontay Foreman. Uh, told name is Deontay. Whatever. D-apostrophe Ante. D-apostrophe Ante. It's not Dante? No, you always say Dante. Dante, which yeah, makes no Dante. sense. No one calls when it's no one the apostrophe. You're supposed Dante. to pronounce it with like D and then Deontay. Really, Deontay right. Thank Foreman. You. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so Deontay Foreman it is like like the Berkshaw Ferguson. Hmm. Except I don't even think he D had the apostrophe. He did. He did. He did. He did. He did right? That's a great. You name. can't <laughs> make it. You can't put D and B together. <laughs> the Berkshaw. Talk all that yeah. name though. The Berkshaw. I want to name my kid the the Berkshaw <laughs> Petropolis. Um, <laughs> middle name Jaquiski. <laughs> We're going to be talking about him in the future. If you don't have him on your roster, pick him up. He's eligible to return week seven. Guys, Lamar Miller I has not been able him. to run with their O-line. Neither is Alfred Blue. Dante Foreman coming off an ACL injury is not going to be able to run. I don't know. He's a different either. type of guy. If you want to stash him, go ahead. But I have way less hopes for him than either of these guys next to me. If he's just decent, though, he can end up being a running back three, two, I'll- maybe. Lamar Miller's not even a running back too right Lamar now. Lamar Miller, uh, yeah, he he hasn't been very good this season. And although Alpha Blue had a good game, uh, wasn't great on the ground, but fantasy wise, good game. Eight catches for seventy three yards. Alpha Blue literally gets what he gets. He he will never break a tackle in his life. <laughs> I mean, neither will Lamar Miller. So like that's that's a consistent. Because like you said, they just decided to give Lamar Miller the ball up the middle instead of giving it to him in space. It doesn't make any sense. Lamar so. Miller was better when he was. Not the workhorse. So, uh, on the receiving side, DeAndre Hopkins nine receptions for one fifty one last week. Uh, how do you feeling about him this week? Talk about the Bills' defense. Tre'Davious White is one of the anchors of that defense, and he is he one of the more underrated players in the entire football, entire the NFL. Yeah, uh, a big defensive rookie of the year candidate if Lattimore didn't win it last year, uh, but. DeAndre Hopkins is seeing double-digit touchdowns every game, and that's someone that you do not shy away from no matter who he's going against, especially if he's going to Double-digit targets. You said touchdowns. Oh, sorry. That would be something. I think (laughs) the Davis-White matchup is something you consider more in DFS, in standard leagues, when your number one or two pick is getting double-digit targets a game. You start him confidently. Yeah, agree. Uh, Tredavious-White is good. He's not DeAndre Hopkins' elite level quite yet. Uh, what about, what about Kiki? Kiki, do you love me? Kiki, are you riding? Do you cute? Deshaun Watson is riding. Um, another six catches for fifty-one yards and a TD. He is that possession receiver that they have been absolutely dying for with two big explosive players on the outside. Listen, I used to have CJ Fedorowicz. <laughs> used to. Fido, shout out to Fido. Anyway, uh. <laughs> Kiki Kuti, is this is this is this guy someone that you could start? I think not only moment, in this game but going forward. At the moment, I think he's more of a full PPR wide receiver three play, uh, more of a flex in half, and in standard, he's a little further down that list. Uh, but I mean, he's basically an extension of their 
non-existent running game, his average target length is around, uh, what, five yards, I think. So, And he's going to get looks. And I think if you're avoiding Tredavious White, then you're going to go to Cutie. And if your running game is not working, you're going to go to Cutie. And uh, I actually have him ranked higher than I thought. Looking at the – again, I, I didn't really like the wide receiver landscape this week. So I have him at 27. And I think he's – you can confidently put him out there as your wide receiver three. I have him at 38. In more of a low-end wide receiver three flex type guy. I think Will Fuller gets more involved again this week uh, with – uh, White probably on Hopkins. Fuller could probably break some, break some big plays. And I also think Fuller's a good play. I like QT, but I mean it's, I don't see him getting seven targets a week. I do think, I'd be a little worried if I was a Fuller, uh, rosterer, because if he's gonna see a couple less targets a game, that's a couple less chances at a deep ball that basically makes him start worthy every week. It's interesting. Yeah, he's been too legit to quit with. Deshaun Watson in his career and when they're both healthy, after but one bad game, but yeah, something to look at. Is it a coincidence that it happened with QT on the field? We're gonna find out this week, that's for sure. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the last game on the docket for this episode is the Cardinals uh, at the Vikings. Sorry, the Cardinals at the Vikings. I forgot to mention the Vikings. The Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals at the Vikings. The Cardinals got their first win last week. Congratulations in Arizona. Um, I mean, David Johnson, Sanford. 18 carries, 55 yards. Continues to get less and less work out of the backfield as a pass catcher, which is driving me insane as a David Johnson owner. But Minnesota is dead last in the league against a running back coming out of the backfield this week. Is this the week that David Johnson finally gets some damn catches? Uh, I don't think so. I think that the Minnesota defense, although they've been underwhelming, uh, they've been very good against running backs. And David Johnson's been a little bit too touchdown dependent. So I think that this can easily be a week where uh, he doesn't score a touchdown, his points are not up to par, and everyone starts panicking about him again. Everybody, every running back that's gone up against the Vikings this year, besides Todd Gurley, of course, less than 60 rushing yards. I don't see David Johnson changing that. I, I would be worried if I was a David Johnson owner because the the Cardinals offense is a joke. So I mean they have looked better with Rosen, although Rosen was terrible last game. Yeah. They're they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. I'm also not starting any of the receivers, even Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz has been a guy that I have not drafted the last three years. Coming into this year, I said... You're finally right. Yeah. This year I said I'm just still not drafting him again. Just I had him last at year some and I him. He's going to have to run out of gas. I don't know if it's him running out of gas or the Cardinals being absolute trash, but he has not surpassed 35 yards in any of the last four games, and his targets are dwindling. Yeah, as if well. I had to start a Cardinals receiver, it would be Christian Kirk, who has 12 targets from Rosen. He seems like his favorite target, but I don't it's love It's also anyone. not a guy I'm not interested in. If you're a Larry Fitzgerald, you know, Jones. If you're a Larry Fitzgerald owner, do someone you, I saw. Are you considering Twitter, dropping him? I saw someone on Twitter say, uh, "Should I drop Larry Fitzgerald for Kiki Cutie?" And honestly, I think I'd rather have Cutie rest of season. I think it's an Me easy yeah. Cutie. Is that a question that we were supposed to answer at the end? No, I just saw it randomly on Twitter, scrolling through. I was like, "That's a good question." Uh, let's go over to the Vikings side. The Vikings offense looked like it came alive, although a lot of missed opportunities for that offense. Uh, Kirk Cousins played out of his mind. 30 for 37, 301 oh, yeah. one. Captain Kirk. You're always starting Kirk Cousins. So let's get to the these wide receiver options. Adam Thielen, the first player to ever have 100 yards and five 
games to start the season. Congratulations, Adam. If you are an Adam Thielen owner or a Stefan Diggs owner, you are taking their 7 and 10 receptions, and you are loving it every single second of the way. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is also a must-start at tight end. Let's talk about this running game. What's good with it? Like this, it's all right. This is gonna get into the running game. So let me ask you guys a question, real quick. Trivia: What percentage of the team's offensive touchdowns has Kirk Cousins accounted for? Ninety percent. All of them. One hundred percent. They don't have a rushing touchdown. Kirk yet. Cousins has the entire touchdowns for the Vikings, which obviously doesn't say much about the running game. And Dalvin Cook is apparently always injured. That should be his middle name. And Latavius Murray has been absolutely dreadful when playing for Cook this season. So I think that Murray is not a really a play, maybe a flex play, even if Cook is out. If Cook plays, he's more of a flex than a running back too. Listen, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of sorry for cutting you off. I've seen a lot of people like panicking over Dalvin Cook as if this all isn't stemming from an injury. Like it's not like he's on the field performing bad. I'm buying low on Dalvin Cook. He's buying he's hurt. I see like there's, I, like I said, I don't like I don't like talking shit about other people, but like I saw another podcast tweet that Dalvin Cook is a flex option rest of the season. Like if Dalvin Cook rest comes season, back no healthy, yeah. he's a flex option. Are you kidding me? On one of the most explosive offenses in the league this week, I think he's a flex option. Well, week I in, mean, week out, week, I disagree. Yeah, wholly. because you don't know if he plays. I'm, I'm. I listen. I know that the running game hasn't been great, but. The Cardinals have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs this year. Yeah, I have him as a mid RB too, because even if, he, if he's not. But there's fully, also risk of re-injury. That's true. There's also risk of him not scoring a touchdown, and then when that happens, because they haven't scored a rushing touchdown this year, he's. What do you have in the first two weeks? Ten points in each game. So. Yep. Ten and a half exactly each game, and you add in the injury risk. He becomes more risky. He becomes more of a flex in RB2. Latavius Murray. Back end RB2. If Cook doesn't play, I'm, I'm starting Latavius Murray. I'm not. I, I mean, know I'll put him not in a flex. A, I know it's not a popular decision, but against this matchup, you got to you gotta take it. I mean, I wouldn't be I'll consider it. him in the flex, but they're allowing 142 rushing yards a game. The the Cardinals, that is. So. Someone's going to rush it. Yeah. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins, 70 rushing yards. We'll see. <laughs> um, Jason, where can they find you? We didn't talk about Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, we off did. the red zone reindeer, bro. No, we did not. What's up I with you? I said you're starting today? him, man. He has at least five. You catches. guys don't listen to that. Let me just say, after <sighs> everyone besides us was panicking about his one catch, one touchdown performance in Week One, he has five catches in every game since Week One. Yeah. I just acquired Kyle Rudolph from Michael, and I'm very happy about it. That you did. That's. I mean, I also had Gronk and Jared Cook. So. And then Diggs and <laughs> Thielen. Did we even mention them? They're just great. Yes, we mentioned them. My guys love for listening. Adam Thielen knows They're no great. bounds. They're great. All right, so that's the end of the... So great. So great. So great. You guys are in a mood today. First episode, Jason, where can they find you? Jason Petrop. At, at Mike underscore Petrop. At Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling first real, real, real frisky. BrotoFantasy.com for all your fantasy needs. Our the updated are rankings are up there. Uh, also, our waiver list comes out every Tuesday. Check out the waiver wave, YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum to see my favorite waivers of the week. Uh, not for nothing, but I've been killing that. Just saying. Um... So go pick up good players. If you're only for interested in winning, Sounds please like go to BrotoFantasy.com. Um, until then, we will see you uh, depending on whenever you press play Sayonara. in the next episode. See you. Hopefully right away.